for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. In season two of Hacks and Hobbies, we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. We want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. In this episode, I get to speak with Shelly Allen. I met her through Errol's LinkedIn Mastery Facebook group, and she's helped me edit a few chapters for some of the books that I was part of. She's been kind and generous in making my chapters sound natural and grammatically correct. She recently published a book called Master Fibonacci, The Man Who Changed Math. We'll get to hear a little bit about the book and her journey. So enjoy the episode. Tell us what's going on and uh, tell us about this new book that you got published. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you so much. Um, it's about Master Fibonacci. Um, he was a maestro in Italy in the 13th century, and his name was Leonardo, and he lived in Pisa. So his name really would have been Leonardo Pisano. Um, he was famous in his day because he wrote books teaching others how to do math and how to calculate math using Arabic numerals rather than Roman numerals. Most people didn't know how to do that. And so they came to love him. He, I believe he was a generous and kind man because Pisa, uh, towards the end of his life, granted him an annuity and put a plaque up in the square and engraved one um, showing their appreciation for him. So my point was he was famous in his lifetime, but within 200 years, he was forgotten. And then 300 years later, a mathematician gave uh, Leonardo credit for teaching him math in his famous math book. And then it was another hundred years later before someone recognized that um, reference. And to make a long story short, about 600 years after Leonardo died, someone uh, nicknamed the Fibonacci sequence after him. And so my book gives background on Fibonacci and on the sequence and how it came to be and how it came to be called Fibonacci rather than the Leonardo sequence. Got it. Got it. That's really cool. Yeah. We talk in photography, we talk about the golden rule and we talk about um, the, the rule of thirds and it looks like it's based off of the Fibonacci spiral. They're very similar. They're both logarithmic spirals. Um, the golden spiral is another name for the Fibonacci spiral and it's not exactly equal to the rule of thirds, but they have similarities. But uh, the Fibonacci spiral is a logarithmic spiral. And so it's very, um, it's shaped very much like um, some of the other spirals in nature. And some people think um, some of the spirals in nature are Fibonacci spirals, but they're actually not. They're very close though. <laughs> okay. Fantastic. So, that is awesome. I'm super excited for you. So Thank tell you. us a little uh, journey and story and how you got here. Like, how did you get into writing and editing and, and being an author? Okay. Well, I raised my kids and when they were all grown, I went back to school and got my master's in education. So I taught high school English for six years in a public school in Texas um, last spring, I decided I did not want to teach high school English anymore. I wanted to edit and write and be an author, which I've always wanted to be. So I began freelancing 
and I've built up my clientele and um, beginning to have good repeat clientele. And I was presented the opportunity to do research on dissertations and changing them into books. And I edit books and I write blog articles. I do all kinds of editing and writing and I've just never been happier, <laughs> to be honest. So I'm finally doing what I've always wanted to do is what it all comes down to. That's really, really awesome. I mean, getting to do what you love and making it a reality and being, you know, out there making it happen. It's, it's really, it's really a dream of mine as well. And um, even though I've got a ton of hobbies, they're still just hobbies and not something that's, you know, that's a full-time, full-time gig, but mm -hmm. eventually that's, that's the goal. Yes. Well, when you work at what you love and you become so good at it, you attract other people who love what you're doing if they don't necessarily love doing what you do, but they can see the passion in you. They can see the quality of work you provide because you love doing what you're doing. I believe eventually many people are able to turn their hobbies into full-time careers. Um, they're much happier and healthier, I believe, when they, when they do, when they're able to do that. So I hope you will be able to. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yes, that is the goal. Um, and, and it definitely takes time and takes effort into getting to that point. So um, just plugging away. Yes. <laughs> and, and, you know, hopefully something comes out of it. If, even if, it, if nothing comes out of it, you know, at least I'm learning a lot from all of my guests. Yes. And do you go to conferences too? Because you can learn so much there. I've been to a few conferences. I haven't been to much lately, but I do uh, have been to several conferences um, in the past few years. Mm -hmm. I just attended the San Francisco Writers Conference here last week, and it's amazing how you can be refreshed and rejuvenated and remotivated and inspired to um, pursue your passion even more diligently than you ever did before when you're around so many others who share the same passion. So even if you don't learn, I mean, I did learn a lot at the conference, but even if you don't learn anything phenomenal, <laughs> it's just a blessing to be around others who are learning from you um, and getting inspired by your stories and you share your story. It's just, it's an energy um, it's an energy attraction. I don't know how else to explain it. No, I totally agree. Totally agree. This is, that's really awesome. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm in, in the process of, you know, getting those things down. Like right now I'm just focusing on the podcast and then um, the, not just focusing on the podcast, but I also have a full-time job mm -hmm. as well as uh, working on the, the little book chapters. And then mm -hmm. I promised one of my friends, Angel, that within the next Six months. I'm going to write a book. Oh, so he said he's going to reach out to me every month and ask me what my progress is. So I need to get this chapter wrapped up so I can start working on that book. And your book is going to be about technology. And what is it going to be about? I don't know yet because um, it's almost like an autobiography. Mm -hmm. It's my first stab at writing that first chapter for the magnetic entrepreneur. Yeah, that was that was like seventeen thousand words, and he only did two thousand words. <laughs>
that's that's going to start with the basis uh, of uh, what it's going to be. But um, I still have to figure out, okay, what what all am I going to talk about? Because I have so many topics in my head. And, and I keep, anytime I start talking, uh, even on my podcast, I have a, I have a little, you know, a backstory before I actually get into the topic of it. For some reason, that's something that I've been, that I've done even, when I wrote some blog posts, I would start with the backstory of, oh, why is this interesting? And I would actually go into the topic. And sometimes it feels like I'm doing a disservice and it feels like I'm talking about the other thing rather than the thing that, I, that the topic should be about. But uh, that's just how my brain is wired, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't see anything wrong with it except if you have, um, I don't, I didn't see if you have a regular blog, but if you have a regular blog page or a regular blog um, site, then you can get all the introduction done in the beginning, maybe, and then each of your blog articles can get right straight to the topic at hand. That's a good idea. Yeah. Um, so I've been blogging since 2006, I think. Oh. <laughs> blog sites. You're uh, a professional. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Superjanae.com and technodunkey.com. Uh, nice. Donkey was focused on on technology stuff and then super gen was more about everything else but i still didn't don't have a very niche you know focused target audience in those areas yeah well on your book when you start to write it one of the things that helped me at a workshop at the conference was outlining um just listing the major turning points in my life because what I'm, i'm writing a memoir now also and if you start with the skeleton, just the turning points, the most important moments, there are, of course, billions, but <laughs> the most important ones where at that moment, after that moment, your life was changed dramatically. And so if you outline those first, that might help you get started on um, on your chapter. That's not a bad idea. I will definitely write that down. Fantastic. So tell me uh, a little more about the book. and. Well, before we get to the book, some of the things that you've learned with your journey into being the the writer. Mm-hmm. So, like some of the lessons that you've learned going through writing your own book, and or I know outlining is super important. Um, both Malcolm Gladwell and James Patterson mentioned outlining, as well as Steve Martin, who has a course on. Writing and and Seymour has a course on comedian on masterclass.com and they talk about outlining a lot. Yes. Some of the things that you've learned. I do believe outlining is very important. Um, You have to keep in mind that it's not um, set in stone. So your outline, of course, is just a guide and a skeleton. And as you put the flesh of the topics that you address on the skeleton, it's not always going to look exactly the way you imagined it would when you began. So that's one of the first things I learned as I outlined the book. Um, And as I did more research, I found things that I wanted to put in the book that I didn't even think about when I was starting the book and some of the things I thought I would put in the book of course did not end up in the book and that's probably the way it is with every book so that's one of the things I learned is don't be married to your first idea (laughs) it's going to change it's going to evolve and 
so you also have to be willing to edit. Um, and even though I'm an editor, a professional editor, um, I needed an editor myself. And so my publisher helped me edit the book because even with my, I'm an INTJ, very, very analytical and careful, very meticulous. Even at that, I still had errors and he found some and then I would go over the document again and I found some more. So that's one of the things I definitely have to say to anyone wanting to write a book. You have to have an editor. If you don't, people are not going to want to read your book or buy it. They'll be disappointed if they read it and there are all kinds of errors in it. So those are, those are excellent points on book writing, having an outline making sure somebody else, you have a second pair of fresh eyes because when you're writing your own content, you're sometimes biased and, and you think every single story is worth having in there. And I go through that all the time when I'm editing podcasts because we'll have a conversation back and forth and then I'll take so much time telling my own story and then like, wait, we need to get back to the guests. And so I'll, I'll cut I'll like whole chunks of conversations from the podcast episode out where I'm, I might be joining on or I might be talking, which is not relevant. I'll take that out just so the audience is, you know, they're tuned in, they're dialed in into what we're talking about. Well, um, the, the point you made is valid. Of course, we're biased to our own thinking, but actually physiologically you need an editor because even if I wasn't biased and I try not to be biased or married to my ideas, even at that physiologically, as I'm reading the sentences and paragraphs I wrote, my brain fills in the words, even if they're missing. And so I might've accidentally left a word or two out. And in fact I did. (laughs) And, but my brain doesn't see it. My brain has filled it in. You know what I'm saying? So even it's not that I'm biased and I miss some errors. It's that my brain actually, my eyes actually don't even see those errors. So that's another reason why you need a second pair of eyes at least to read your text. Okay, perfect. No, that's a really good point. Anytime I'm talking about some, and I do this very often when I'm talking to people, is I'll start in the middle of the sentence. They're like, wait, what are you talking about again? My wife, my wife tells me, it's like, wait, can you start over? Like, we're like, wait, I just told you. Like, no, no, start over and tell me the whole thing. So I, I cut, cut myself, catch myself doing that. Some really cool questions that we ask guests of the podcast. So what is one hobby that you wish you got into? Oh, flying airplanes. <laughs> I've always wanted to fly. Now, I have skydived once, but I've always daydreamed of flying, actually flying an airplane, piloting, I should say. That's really cool. Um, my, my brother. And my sister, they did, they took a, I think they had a Groupon or something they found and took some lessons on a prop plane. So that was pretty fun. And did they keep up with it? So my brother actually kept up with it and it's quite expensive because you got to pay like 150 bucks per hour. Uh We were up there to learn, you know, if you're on to become a pilot. Yeah. So it's quite expensive and you know, they're just going to college right now, so. Yes. Well, that's exactly why I couldn't keep up with that hobby is the expense. <laughs> All right. Next one. What is your favorite movie or TV show? And if none, how about a book? 
Well, my favorite movie is Easy. I've had it for decades. It's an old 1959, I believe, a movie called Ben-Hur, and it had Charlton Heston in it. It's Judah Ben-Hur, um, A Tale of the Christ is the subtitle, I believe. And it won all the Academy Awards that year, so it was actually magnificent. They had a new one come out a year or two ago, and it was nice, but it, of course, I don't think it was as good as the original. I love it. The, the female protagonist in the story is called Esther. And before I had my children, I told my ex-husband I'd like to name my daughter Esther. And he said, no way. <laughs> but I did get my way because Ben-Hur, Ben means son. So he was Judah, the son of the house of Hur, H-U-R. And so Ben means son. And so my firstborn son, I did get to name Benjamin. So I named him Ben after the movie Ben-Hur. Very cool. Very cool. All right, what is your favorite superhero? Let's see. I guess any of them that can fly. <laughs> I, I don't watch them very much. When I was growing up, I watched the old Adam West, uh, Batman and Robin, and I was a fan of that. Um, and I've seen some um, superhero movies as an adult, but I haven't become attached to any of them. I guess I like Batman the best. Batman takes the, the, takes the win. So some of the superheroes that fly... There's a huge list. <laughs> uh, Superman, of course. There's uh -huh. Iron Man. He, he's able to fly thanks to his, uh, his suit. Uh, there's Vision. There's Doctor Strange can fly because he has the levitation um, rope, the levitation cage. Uh, uh -huh. And um, there's some new ones that are coming on later this year that they can also fly. Captain Marvel, I think, can fly. Mm. Can Iron Man fly? Yes, Iron Man can fly with his suit. Oh, okay. Well, see, that's one of the times your take uh, skipped. I think I didn't hear you say that. Um, oh. Who's that? Mark, what's the name of the man who plays him? Something Downey Jr. Yes, Robert Downey Jr. Oh, yes. I like him, and I like his personality outside of his profession. So I like him. Maybe he's my favorite. <laughs> Uh, really monumental and uh, important for the Marvel Universe in, in bringing it to where it is for 10 years, right? He's been Iron Man mm. in almost every movie and, you know, there's mentions of him in movies that he's not in. But yeah, he's, he's really cool. I, I'd never, I didn't see the first one or two. I don't even know how many there are. So you see how much of a fan I am. Um, I'm more of a reader than I am a, a watcher. So, but what I have heard about him and read about him, I like. So that's why. No, the first one, the first Iron Man movie that came out in 2008, um, was an actually an independent movie. That was that uh, Marvel at that time was an independent studio. Um, John Favreau was the director, and they picked they picked uh, Robert Downey Jr. And um, I can't remember the names uh, for some of the actors, but that movie was just amazing. And, and if you get a chance, go, you know, go check it out because you see a universe. I mean, you have no idea that there's going to be, a, you know, 19, 20 more movies coming the next 10 years. How many? There's a total of 22 movies. And oh, my gosh. Number, number 22 is coming uh, as Captain Marvel and the number 23 Avengers, which will 
Avengers basically end game. And then there's more coming after. I mean, this is the phase that they created three phases. So there's phase one, phase two, and phase three. Now basically end phase three with the end game. Okay. And there will be no more after that? Oh, no, no. There will be more after that. Yes. <laughs> well, the comics have been around for a century now, right? So I imagine they could go on forever. Absolutely. There's so many stories to tell and, and so many money, so much money to make. <laughs> yes. Well, the fact is it's a, it's a genre of storytelling that appeals to a wider and wider audience now. When I was little, cartoons were, of course, very important to my life. They were less so as I was raising my children, but um, I, can, I can see the appeal of them. And um, what's really is how they've made almost $14.2 billion from the, the several movies that they've created. So it's pretty cool. <laughs> I love, as a literature major, I look at it as just a modern version of the ancient storytelling rituals and the epic journeys that were taught for thousands of years. It's a way of telling universal lessons. It's a way of... Um, expressing universal feelings and it just so happens that in this modern age um, movies and film are one of the most um, profitable and effective ways of telling those stories that have been around for centuries and thousands of years exactly that's that's exactly what's happening with this awesome well i learned something new that's awesome (laughs) question if you were a board game what would it be I guess the first one that comes to mind is Blockus because (laughs) when I had my bookstore, I had a coffee bar in it and we had game night and I bought all kinds of games for the customers and my employees to play. And Blockus was the most popular one. Um, I don't know if you've ever played it. I don't think I have. I'll have to look it up. It's kind of like Tetris, but it's on a board. Oh, I like that. Yeah. I loved Tetris when I played back in the 80s, (laughs) a long, long time ago, played video games and I played Tetris. And so Blockus, if you like Tetris, you would like Blockus. My my friend's going to love it. She used to play Tetris all the time and she was really good at it too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Awesome. Okay. So where can my, my, where can my audience find you? I have a website and it is ruthlessredpen.com because I'm a ruthless editor, (laughs) ruthlessredpen.com. And I have a blog on the website there also, which I don't contribute to very often, but about once a month I put an article on there. And I have an Instagram account which contains most of my poetry. I've written hundreds of poems and I put them on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn. Perfect. I'll be sure to include the links to connect with you on the show notes for this podcast episode. Thank you, Sinead. That's very kind. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Shelley. I uh, wish you the best with uh, promoting your book and uh, we'll certainly put a link to the book. It's Master Fibonacci, The Man Who Changed Math. We'll put the link to the Master Fibonacci, the book, and you can check out the book and you can check out what Shelly is doing on her blog and website, as well as LinkedIn and Facebook. Thank you so much. 
Thank you so much, and you're welcome. Thank you for listening to Hacks and Hobbies. You can find additional information on the guest today on their website, hacksandhobbies.com. Please feel free to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out on upcoming interviews with amazing guests.